Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and it is once again time for... Yes, it's once again that time of year to shine up your Stormtrooper helmet, pull on your elfin boots, grab your favorite adult beverage and head to downtown Atlanta to celebrate all of the things that we love here on the Needless Things podcast, toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery with Dragon Con. Yes, uh, we love Dragon Con here. Maybe you don't love Dragon Con. Maybe you don't know a whole lot about Dragon Con, but that's okay because the next six-ish weeks, we're going to be providing content that can be themed to Dragon Con, but I think can be enjoyable for anybody leading up to Labor Day weekend, which is when Dragon Con takes place. uh, We will be having sort of themed episodes where we talk about Dragon Con, but sharing sharing life experience memory type things. Uh, and then afterwards, we will be posting our panels from Dragon Con, which aren't even about Dragon Con. They're just things that we recorded live from the greatest convention in the history of conventions. So I'm very excited. Today's episode, we're going to kick off with a special interview with Beth Giles, director of the Dragon Con Silk Road track. And then the second portion of this week's episode is Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. Uh, myself, Noel, and Christian sit down and share Dragon Con thoughts and memories. It's a double si- well, it's not really a double sized episode, but it is a, a big special bonus episode to kick off the road to Dragon Con. So I've got a few things that I have to talk about as we go along, and I guess I'm just going to promote everything every week because you guys, uh, it, it'll be developing as it goes along. But the first thing I want to mention is that the Dragon Con app is now available and updated for 2021. And if you go into that app, which I am doing right now on my phone. Uh, you want to set up your profile, of course, send out your friend codes, do that whole thing. Which, granted, I don't. I've, I've never used a friend code. I don't. I mean, I have. I, I every single year I send out my friend codes. But then it's like having friends doesn't seem to really have any benefit or anything. It's not like we use the Dragon Con app for messaging. The best use of the Dragon Con app is to look in the schedule, and the first thing you want to do is at the top right here, you've got a little guy. Uh, head, um, well, it's, you know, I say it's a guy. It looks like it has a little mustache. Uh, and speakers, tap on that. Go to the top in your search bar and type in Dave West because I am an attending professional at Dragon Con, or am I a guest? I don't even know if they differentiate anymore. Uh, and it will pull up my schedule, which is currently not accurate. Uh, but this will be fixed uh, because Joe and Gary are on it. So right now. Uh, in the schedule, Needless Things presents Geek Year 1991, a classic sci-fi celebration at Friday, September 3rd, 1 p.m. You're going to want to tap that, and when you're, you're going to want to tap that. Uh, when it comes up, you're going to click the star to put that into your personal schedule. Next up, the big damn game show returns after a two-year absence. 
because in 2019 we had the premiere of Troublemaker. More on that in a minute. Uh, 2019 we we had the uh, world premiere of Troublemaker live at Dragon Con. Did not do a game show that year. 2020, obviously nobody did anything at Dragon Con. Well, we did the online virtual stuff, and that was fun, uh, but nothing in person. So no game show for us. Uh, this year the big damn game show returns 10 p.m. Friday night. Put it in your app. And that will be in the Crystal Ballroom in the Hilton. Uh, Saturday, 1 p.m. for the horror track, uh, the Weston Peachtree 1 and 2, the Evil Dead 40th Anniversary. I will be moderating this panel, and we will be celebrating, of course, the Evil Dead. Uh, next up is something, a panel that I am not on, but I am going to promote because it's a Needless Things panel. Presents Video Game Hall of Fame. If you've seen it before, you know what we do. We have a great panel of video game specialists, which, honestly, that's why I'm not on it. Because I do not, I do not any longer consider myself worthy of talking about video games. I just have... I've aged out. I'm decrepit. I'm falling apart. I'm like the guy at the end of Last Crusade. Um... I, who just I, I I chose poorly. Uh, well, I, I didn't choose poorly. I'm just old and withered up and dying. I don't know anything about video games anymore. But our pal Needless Beth and a cast of experts will be doing the Video Game Hall of Fame. Uh, and then Sunday, 5.30 p.m., 1981, the year of the werewolf. Uh, I am a guest on this panel as being moderated by the wonderful Thomas Mariani, uh, who you can find in the Double Edge Double Bill podcast, which I love. Uh, we're going to be talking about wolf movies from 1981. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and then finally, Audible Interlude for the first time ever live at Dragon Con, 4 p.m. This is before the Year of the Werewolf. Uh, 4 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, also in the Classics Track Room, which is the Marriott uh, A, or I'm sorry, Marriott M103, M105. Uh, myself, Noel, and Christian live with Audible Interlude, and this is, I've got this, this panel is set. Like, written out, we know what we're doing, we're going to have a lot of fun, a lot of interactive stuff on this one. Maybe even more than I usually have, which if you've been to a Needless Things panel, you know I like to keep it interactive, keep the audience involved. This Audible interlude could be the most crowd-interactive panel I've put on, uh, aside from, like, one of the the um, Battle of the Sci-Fi Classics or whatever the heck they're called, uh, like Nicolas Cage match, that, that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's not, that is in the schedule, but they have not added me to my own panel yet. So if you go to the classics track in here, you can add audible, the audible interlude panel. Uh, it's just not under my name yet, uh, but that will be fixed. And I think that's everything right now. So get in that dragon con app, add all my stuff, uh, add the stuff of everybody, you know, and you love go to the panels, rate them five stars uh and there you go that's what's going on so that's everything that's i just threw it all out there so i will get more in depth about the panels in the coming weeks but for right now that's everything that i'm doing at dragon con i'm very very excited and then finally the the well not the biggest announcement because honestly i think the big damn big damn game show coming back is the biggest announcement um new crew fresh stuff very excited but troublemaker 
uh, the documentary film about me that was shot from 2016 to 2017, directed by Jason C. Wilson, Emmy award-winning Jason C. Wilson. Um, we premiered it two years ago live, and now the Dragon Cut will be premiering exclusively on DragonCon TV uh, the streaming entertainment service that you can watch in, on the hotel TVs at DragonCon, or if you sign up for a DragonCon TV subscription, if you're not going to DragonCon, you can still get a subscription to DragonCon TV and watch it all weekend long, and you will be able to watch uh, this premiere of Troublemaker The Dragon Cut, which is basically a clean version, because DragonCon TV doesn't you know, allow profanity and whatever. And the original version of Troublemaker, we kept it real. All the language is what the language was. So when you see, and you will be able to see very soon, perhaps before the end of the year, you will be able to see Troublemaker in its glorious full entirety. Uh, but if you want to watch it before then and you want to see a family-friendlier version, uh, The Dragon Cut is for you, and that's going to be on DCTV. This is very, very exciting. Uh, I want to thank everybody at DragonCon uh, that has made this happen. Uh, the DragonCon TV crew, uh, Mel, who I've gotten to know over the past few years at DragonCon. Uh, just uh, DragonCon Wrestling opened up so many opportunities for me that I kind of didn't even realize were going on at the time. Uh, so just uh, Dragon Con is the best. It really is. And that's why I devote, uh, several weeks a year to Dragon Con oriented programming. And now it is time to sit down with one of Dragon Con's very best, the lovely, the delightful, the wonderful Beth Giles. Let's talk about the Silk Road track. Joining me for this very special segment of the Needless Things podcast, returning to the show after far too long because the world's been madness and crazy pants, welcome, please, the director of the Dragon Con Silk Road track, Beth Giles. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you today? Uh, I'm, I'm really good. I've got the day off. I've got tomorrow off. What more do you need? That's fantastic. It's great. Uh, so... We're going to talk a little bit about Dragon Con. Obviously, mm -hmm. this is uh, we're we're in unprecedented times still, uh, but Dragon Con is happening. We're all going. We're all very excited, and there are Silk Road things that we need to discuss first and foremost. Uh, and and kind of the central uh, message that you sent me was you have a charity that you want to talk about. So the Dragon Con charity this year is Big Brothers Big Sisters of Metro Atlanta. And I actually started my martial arts career 25 years ago through a judo program offered at a local gym through Big Brothers Big Sisters. So I'm really excited to work with this charity this year. And uh, the charity department actually came to me with a suggestion for a silent auction, uh, which we're going to call the Godzilla Stomp. Uh, basically, I'm building a crushable cardboard city for someone, the highest bidder, to crush like Godzilla 
at the end of the Silk Road Performance <laughs> Exposition, currently scheduled for Sunday at 7 p.m. Always check the app for updates. They're constantly updating it and posting daily updates on the Daily Dragon Twitter account. Follow both those things and keep them updated because nothing is set in stone until you're already in the seats and it's happening. Now, let me ask you, is the app live yet? Um, you know, I haven't even checked to update it. I haven't it. either. I right? haven't even checked to update it because I'm, we've been getting some cancellations. And so I kind of want to give it a week or so before I check it to see what else has changed. Um, because like you said, everything's constantly changing and that's how it is with Dragon Con anyway. It's, it's always in, in a state of chaos until, until you sit down. And then it happens, and then it's like, wow, that was awesome. And then you walk away, and then it's official. The thing happened there and then. It's it's going to be interesting this year because I, I feel like every year at Dragon Con for me, it's, uh, you know, the longer you go, the more you get used to where everything is and how everything works. Mm -hmm. But every year, there's still a little bit of a period of adjustment, like, oh, right, I'm back at Dragon Con. Mm -hmm. I do need to drink water constantly. Mm -hmm. I do need to be more aware of where restrooms might be than I am in my normal day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. Oh, everything's moving. Like it, it is, you, you adjust back. This is why I show up on Wednesday. And very, very smart to do so. I, there's no way I could do Wednesday. Thursday is my day now. And it gives me enough time to get down there, to talk to my directors, to, to scope out whatever room the game show is going to be in, like, and to, to, I guess, acclimatize, reacclimatize with being mm -hmm. down there in it. Uh, but this year, it's been longer than it's normally been for those mm -hmm. of us who are annual participants. Uh, and, and there's going to be even more adjustment, I think, just in learning how things are, what we're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, everybody should be already following Daily Dragon on Twitter for updates on all of that. Uh, but I'm... I, I need this. We all need this. It's Absolutely. been a very, very long uh, pandemic. And, you know, I hopefully. my family reunion. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, all of the people that we only see once a year, uh, we missed them last mm -hmm. year. And now we're, we're getting back. We get to see them again. We get to do the things that we love. Uh, we get to. You know, everybody's got a day job. You do your mm -hmm. day job. You work hard. You want to get that money, but your the work you love, the thing you really enjoy doing, planning for Dragon Con, making Dragon Con happen. Mm -hmm. It's that fulfillment once a year that is such a huge deal. Yep. And doing the virtual experience last year, um, posting some things to the the classic channel and on the Facebook group, it was. It was nice to have content out there, but I miss the reactions. I miss seeing the fans. I like to hear what they have to add to it. And it just, it, it's not the same, not in person. Um, with the chats during some of the live stream things, it, it's a little more interactive and it's a little more like being at a convention. But unless there's Twitch streaming happening for the virtual content, that's that tends to be fairly limited for conventions. Um, but uh, I just 
there's an energy that people bring to the room when they're there and when they're not there, it's a very different energy. It's not the same panel. Well, um, it's, you know, the WWE and, and mm-hmm. other wrestling companies have, have still been putting on shows during this whole time. Mm-hmm. And the performers will tell you that matches are different. How you take, cause uh, you know, whatever you think about wrestling, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not acrobatics. It's they're making contact. They're doing things that wear on their bodies Absolutely. and they'll tell you that without the audience there to feed that adrenaline, uh, those moves hurt a lot more. And when they you, do. when you get, when you get like maybe a more significant injury that it's harder now I, to just keep going. I've seen guys come out of the ring with their backs bloody for being smashed with those baking sheets right yeah and they come crawling out of the ring and i'm like oh no i'm actually concerned for you you're bleeding (laughs) i go over to them and i check and i'm like are you okay and they kind of give me a little wink and it's like because you're bleeding it's like oh god really cool and then they play it (laughs) up and like start checking their backs instead of seeking medical attention because they're so hyped up like you said it's like oh that's that's nothing that's great let's get a better reaction i'll play it up i'm bleeding fantastic whereas if you're (laughs) if you're not in front of people and that happens you're like oh dude right that motivation to to keep going and it's you know (laughs) obviously it's very different but being on a panel or or Mm -hmm. entertaining in any way without that live audience it it just isn't the same experience and that's last year uh i was on i think needless things we did a we did a panel for classics track and then i was on another panel that was behind a paywall so i never actually saw it (laughs) but (laughs) but uh I started, you know, over that weekend, they were doing the panels and stuff. And I, I started watching one and, and this is just me and the way I'm wired. Uh, it just bummed me out. And I was like, I can't, I can't do the virtual thing. It, it's, it's just reminding me of what we're missing. So it, it wasn't, I think it's fantastic that they did it. And I know it helped so many people get through that. Right. Uh, but for me, it was just like, I'm not, I'm not down there. I'm not doing this. I'm not putting these panels on. And you don't get a chance to wander across those magical moments, right? Yeah. Like following R2-D2 behind the escalator and finding the cosplay tap dancers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like things like that. Those things happen in the moment, in the space. And some of those things kind of came out of some of the town halls and some of the moderated panels that were were posted like the 36 dozen eggs group on Facebook um, because of Tony Gal. Um, but, uh, <laughs> and that group is fantastic, by the way, if you're not there and you don't know what it's about, you really should figure it out because 36 dozen eggs is fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, you get some little things like that, but it's, it's not like, you know, the cult of the Marriott carpet right it's never going to have that much weight until it moves into the live space you know um there were a couple of things i forgot to mention about the godzilla stomp earlier do you mind if we circle back for just a second go ahead okay so the way we're doing it is we're going to assign uh anonymous bidder numbers so that people's contact information is fairly anonymous we'll keep all of that you know 
in our notebooks behind the desk. Um, the highest bidder will be contacted before the actual event for the stomp. Uh, you have to be present at the convention to come to the track room and bid on this in person because you have to be at the convention to crush the city in person. Um, there are two other prizes which are being donated uh, by Jolly Good Giant. That's his uh, TikTok and Instagram handle. Uh, he's hand painting the playing pieces from the Funko Godzilla board game. Oh, because wow. the molds are fantastically detailed, but they're all just solid paint colors. Yeah, yeah. So he's hand painting them all to be more movie realistic. So the full board game with the freshly painted pieces is another auction prize. And then the third one also from uh, Jolly Good Giant. Uh, he's hand painting a Reaper miniature there. Uh, it's like a three and a half inch kaiju. Mm hmm. It looks an awful lot like Godzilla, probably on purpose. And so <laughs> he's going to paint it to be more movie real realistic as well. So there'll be actually three items up for bid. There'll be three separate auctions and uh, all of the rules will be present at the convention when we have all of the language hammered out um, and people will be able to get all the details while they're there. We'll have pictures of all the work and uh, that way they can see what they're bidding on. And I'm really and excited about that. <laughs> all, all three <laughs> really literally excited. unique prizes. Right. That you can, you know, it's not like it's a NECA Godzilla figure that you got from Target. This is something that will not and cannot be replicated. Correct. Any other way in the world. Custom hand painted pieces. And, uh, and the city that we're going to smash, um, I have two mattress boxes that are big enough for me to fit comfortably inside. <laughs> so uh, one of them will definitely be like a very large, tall building. And the other one we may turn on its side and paint as Tokyo station. <laughs> I'm also considering building a replica of Tokyo tower and putting a little battery operated pack of fairy lights in it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like that's just so iconic. Yeah. Especially in Kaiju movies that it's kind of a necessary element. So um, I'm really excited about this cardboard city. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is incredible. This is incredible. Now, the, the other thing that I think you have to have, mm -hmm. well, one, one of two things, basically something on poles and wires, whether it's, oh, yeah. a, whether it's a cable car or just power lines, one or the other, you got to have. Mm -hmm. And we were considering a couple of little water towers too, just because, <laughs> yes, yes. just because, I mean, they can't have water in them because then yeah, that's a mess for the yeah, hotel yeah. to clean that's, up. That's but fine, but it, it, still you, you could the put little like, tower on top of each. You could put like confetti in them. I could probably get so away with confetti, right, but glitters glitter, against no, the rules. Yeah, no glitter, no glitter. Yeah, yeah. glitters against the rules. It is, it is craft herpes, and it gets in everything, uh, yeah. and apparently it's impossible to get out of electronics. Oh, wow. Interesting. I mean, yeah, sure. So, I never really thought about it because I, I never involve glitter in my day-to-day -day life. So anytime there are speakers involved out of respect oh, for yeah. tech ops, Holy there's cow. no glitter allowed. Wow. It, <laughs> This is this is why we do this show so that people can learn important right. things like science. It's science. science. 
for uh, the record, right. baby so, powder will remove glitter if it's stuck on your skin because it breaks the bond to the oils on your skin and it just wipes right off. Oh, wow. That's actually much more useful information. You're welcome. Because, because who hasn't gone to a late night event somewhere, whether it be Dragon Con or elsewhere, and ended up with glitter just everywhere. Oh, so bad. Mm-hmm. So bad. Yep. Baby powder. And there you go. Works on well, sand at the beach, too. Let's let's talk. That's also good to know. Um, let's talk a little bit about planning and about what you've got mm-hmm. going on with Silk Road this year. Okay, uh, yeah, because I've got a lot of new things coming into the panel into my panels this year. I'm excited. So, planning wise, mm-hmm. uh, when would you normally begin planning? And this year, what did that look like? How how were you? How much weight was there for? Are we even doing this thing? Okay, because um, I am a director for MomoCon and DragonCon, I usually start planning for DragonCon a week or two after Memorial Day weekend. Okay. Um, Just because for the same reason you don't send directors for DragonCon emails until October. um, Because you have a lot of after-the-show follow-up to do. Um. So, yeah, so I'd say probably from like June on is very intensive. Um, but I reach out to my regular panelists usually around February or March each year just so that they know when the application for being uh, considered to be a guest or panelist or pro opens so that they have the opportunity to put in those applications ahead of time um, because those usually close in the middle of June. So just to give them time to consider what they have available as far as people to be on their panels or availability or travel or whatever, because a lot of people were like, um, you know, I, my doctor cleared me to come to 2020 if we have an in-person event. Um, but I've already planned this other thing for next year. And so financially I'm not gonna be able to make it. It's like, okay, well, that's completely reasonable. And I totally understand. So scratch that panelist and see what I can do. So, you know, um, usually I start reaching out February, March, because that's when the applications for guests for Momocon close. (laughs) So I'm done recruiting for Momocon at that point. I start recruiting for DragonCon. So that's basically how it works. Since they're six months apart, I'm constantly planning a convention it's just, okay, I've hit all the MomoCon deadlines. All right, let's start working on the DragonCon deadlines because they'll be in three months because yeah. they stagger out like that. So, um, so yeah, I start planning as soon as the panel ends, really. Oh, like, well, oh that sure, was a great sure. panel. Can you come back next yeah, year? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, the contact each year is usually usually March. Yeah, that's uh, we, we've often said that it, it basically as... As Dragon Con is going on, little things come together for the next year. That's just mm-hmm. a fact. If if, mm-hmm. if if you're living the the life, oh yeah. So planning for this year, what are some things that you knew you wanted to do that were important? Because I got to imagine there's a little bit of prioritizing involved in this year's schedule. Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, it was my first new panel for Dragon Con TV for the virtual experience. So it is the first thing that will be on the DragonCon streaming 
virtual for everyone to see without going to classic. Um, that's exciting. And it's Godzilla versus Kong. Plus my eight-year-old did all of the illustrations to avoid copyright infringement. So there's the <laughs> bonus of getting to see how she saw Godzilla versus Kong. That's fantastic. Um, but we're bringing in a lot of new things this year. I had a lot of new guests contact me and suggest panels. So um, we'll have a panel on baby metal. Oh, um, wow. We are, of course, as always, going to have a K-pop dance class and a K-pop dance party. And charity events will be present at the K-pop dance party to do glow stick and blinky thing sales like usual. Um, and all of that will go to Big Brothers Big Sisters as well. Um, let's see. And then do, 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 do. Oh, from GI Joe, we're going to have a panel on snake eyes because there's all kinds of culture and martial arts in that, that we can talk about. So woo, I'm excited for that one. I wish, I wish we could have been there. We just can't do Monday. I, I talked to the guys on the show and they were like, Monday we're Well, I lead the last few years. Mm -hmm. I have left Monday uh after because i uh sunday night there's a late night party that right. i do and then i'll go back to my room at like four or five in the morning mm -hmm. load the car mm -hmm. sleep for a couple hours and then i'm home by like 9 a.m yeah on monday so monday's out for me and then the guys were like the guys were like we're worthless on monday so fair enough Fair enough, but I'm, I'm still excited to do it. Um, oh yeah. It's well, I'm, I'm stoked <laughs> because I love, I loved the movie. Right. We, we did a review of it. All three of us enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah. Um, it is a traditional GI Joe. No, it's not, but we don't need traditional GI Joe. We need something to move the franchise ahead and get a new generation invested in this thing that we love. Right. And Plus, to me, it was just story. Yes. Well, and it was just this, this fun action-packed flick with all like it, it was it was cool i'm and i love that you guys are embracing it and doing a panel about it. i i'm super excited that they came to me with the idea and a group of panelists so that it could happen because i'm excited about that um also we have some crossover with disney this year um we get to talk about live action mulan ah, again traditional cool. culture and um you know, perception of female power and uh, a little bit of, you know, some hardcore martial arts in there because we have to. Um, <laughs> let's see. We're also going to talk about CW's Kung Fu for the same reason, because martial arts is my jam. OK, um, let me ask you then, because yeah. I, ha I haven't caught that because okay. TV has we've we, uh, no more cable for us. We've just got YouTube TV now, which CW has, I think. But it's funny how much less likely you are to just check something out when you're all streaming because literally anything you might want is at your fingertips. So I feel like we're less likely to just try a show. So you've watched this new Kung Fu. You haven't I seen have it yet. Not. Okay. Um, I, fortunately, I the panelists out. came with a full panel and ideas and everything. So I get to learn about it at Dragon Con with everyone else because just like you, I've switched over to streaming. So I don't have regular CW access. I it, think maybe it streams on Hulu after the fact, but I'm not sure. I know iZombie did, and that was a CW show. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is a Hulu CW connection, but yeah, I want, that's one I want to check out, but 
that's one of the awesome things about Dragon Con. You can go to panels about things that you know and you love. You mm-hmm. can go to panels about things that you're curious about, mm-hmm. and you can show up at some random panel that you may not even know what it is, but like you like the track or you mm-hmm. know one of the panelists or whatever the case may be. Like, there's so many different exciting ways to look at the panels and to experience what's going on. And I've, I've done all of those things down. Right. There. Oh, so have I, it's fantastic. My first year I discovered the Brit track sat down and started watching Buck Rogers, I think. And I'm like, what is this? Oh, this is fantastic. I ended up spending like three days straight sitting in Brit track my first year. <laughs> it's, that's, <laughs> that's so great because you, you do, you, you find new things even when you're sticking with familiar things. Right. I found classic Doctor Who there. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know who Colin Baker was, and now I do. See, I that's what I grew up on. I See? love the, the, the original Doctor Who. As a matter of fact, I even remember when they broadcast the last Sylvester McCoy episode, mm. and which over here I think was a year or two after, but I'm, I'm not sure of the time frame because was, I was watching it Saturday nights on PBS. Obviously, right. I'm not seeing the original broadcast. And then the next week, they showed a John Pertwee episode, which at the time, I didn't know who it was. I didn't know why, they, but it was because that was, that was the last episode of Doctor Who at the time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that, and, and there are so many things we, for a, a few years, I was on a doctor who podcast and we did a couple of panels for Brit track and just going in and experiencing that and hearing just all of the different points of view. And unlike the internet at dragon con, all of these different points of view are treated with respect and dignity and interest. You mm-hmm. want to hear what other people think about things. I haven't heard that view before. Could you explain that to me? <laughs> I want to know where you're coming right. from. What, what are your points of reference? Tell me. Yeah. Let's nerd out together. You know? Yeah, exactly. I don't like that thing. Oh, well, that's cool. Have you seen this? Oh, that's very interesting. Like the conversations live are so much different than they are through keyboards. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a big part of the value of Dragon Con as well, is we we know we're all down there. We're all like-minded, uh, you know, not necessarily about specific topics, but about how we feel about specific topics. Right. And, and it's just the acceptance and the, the I guess, wonder that is down there is, yes. is wonderful. Uh, so what else have we got going on? Um, so we've got some Japanese comedy. We've got some Asian horror. We've got 55 years of Ultraman. Uh, there will be a panel on kimonos and Japanese textiles. Um, we're going to bring in Japanese architecture this time. So that's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to take up and, a lot of space. Um, and for the record, the line for the belly dance workshops still only starts an hour before the belly dance classes (laughs) space is extremely limited and um please be respectful when we tell you that the room limits have been reached because that is a panel that tends to have a line that wraps all the way around the galleria level of the hilton oh wow uh they moved us to a workshop space this year which is twice the space um, but according to current guidelines, we're at a maximum of two thirds capacity in large room spaces right now. Um, so we're looking at probably about 
50 to 70 people per class, which is why we are doing two this year. So one thing I got to ask about, and I don't know if you have any awareness of this or not, or if you can even say anything about it or not. Uh, we met through Dragon Con Wrestling. Yep. DCW years yes, we ago. Did. Ding, ding, ding. All appearances to me are that there might not be a DCW this year. Have you heard anything? Do you know anything? I have not heard anything. I do know that uh, Slim J has been working with Kim. Uh, Slim J is one of the wrestlers who helps coordinate all yeah. of the talent for the show. Um, and Kim is the director of Dragon Con Wrestling, for those of you who don't know them like we do. Um, but uh, they are constantly in communication. They know what the current guidelines are. Um, I have not seen any guests announced for wrestling. I know of one. Um, I know that people have been talking about Dwayne Johnson coming but he hasn't been announced by the convention that's crazy i know i hadn't heard that at all um, that's wild but that's probably just a hilarious pipe dream right. joke right, right. rumor and not like a for real rumor um but well, uh, diamond I, dallas page checked oh that's diamond right dallas page was officially announced that's right last i saw ddp yeah. was the only the only wrestling guest i'd seen announced and if they're announcing a wrestling guest that usually means that they're anticipating a match because the guests appear for right, the matches they show up and, and, and then do they do the, their right. walk of fame style appearance type deals. And, you know, because dragon con wrestling is Thursday night and that's it one and done. Yeah. So yeah, it's not, it's not a track. We don't get wrestling all weekend long. Right. So since it's a one and done, um, you know, if if they have a guest announced and their guest has not canceled, I would say they're still planning to go forward with something. That's that's one of the questions that I have gotten most since Dragon Con was sort of officially announced as on is is there going to be wrestling? Because people people think seem to think I'm more in than I am. <laughs> Man, the hooligans are, they are all about it. And I understand that like DCW is probably the most fun I've ever had at Dragon Con. It, it, it is. It's the um, best. I mean, like I've been to lots of cool stuff. I've been to really neat concerts and parties and really awesome panels. I even did the thriller world record attempt thing. Yeah. There were over 900 yeah. of us in cosplay doing the thriller dance in the ballroom at the Sheridan. Pat Henry gets up at the end, says that was awesome. You guys need to give yourselves a pat on the back. Even if we don't make it into the book, we did something awesome here. And without any prompting, despite having no recollection or familiarity with the fandom whatsoever, I joined in with over 900 other voices to respond with So Say We All. Oh, and that's and I've that's never Dragon been Con. a BSG fan. That was a, like the most Dragon Con moment I think I've ever had. Because that's like, that's not a thing that comes out of my mouth. And somehow with 900 other people in the room, it happened simultaneously. And we all just kind of looked around like, wait, did you just say that too? And that's, that's the environment. That's the magic the, of being there, being live in that shared common space 
where things like that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beth, we got to wrap it up. Yeah. It was awesome uh, talking to you again. It's going to be awesome seeing you uh, yes. in, in just a couple of, by the time this post, just a couple of weeks now, which seems yep. insane to me. I know. We have, we have so much game show prep left. Oh my gosh. Um, breathe. Just yeah, breathe. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, it was awesome talking before we go one more time. Tell us about the charity and how people are going to be able to follow along at Dragon Con. Okay. So for Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Metro Atlanta, we're doing a silent auction with three prizes. The first is the Godzilla Stomp to crush a cardboard city. The second is a Funko Godzilla game with hand-painted custom figures as playing pieces and a Reaper miniature Kaiju, which will also be custom hand-painted. Prize support will be provided by Plaidcraft, World War Scenics, and Jolly Good Giant. You can find his work-in-progress videos on TikTok and Instagram. And I'll be cross-posting as much as he sends me between now and then with our Twitter account, which is DC Silk Road Track, all one word. Or you can search DragonCon Silk Road Track. I made it easy. Uh, And we're also on Facebook. We have a group called DragonCon Silk Road. So come find us. There will be a lot of pictures coming, some videos coming. I want everybody to know what they're going to be bidding on. Uh, and I can't wait to see you when we show up at DragonCon in a couple of weeks, guys. It's going to be awesome. Beth, thank you so much for coming on and we'll be seeing you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I know you know this music, but the show is not ending yet. We just need a little interstitial break between segments. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit about Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast, just in case uh, you you haven't heard it. Uh, First of all, we have a lot of listeners who are not necessarily G.I. Joe fans, but just enjoy hearing about toy talk and guys reminiscing about their youth in the way that we do. Uh, it's, It's myself. Noel Wood and Christian Allen, and we talk about G.I. Joe, but not just the toys, not just the cartoons, not just the comics, but how G.I. Joe shaped our lives, uh, but but also uh, just goofy segments where we'll pick out the best version of a character, or we'll have two characters theoretically battle one another, and we'll find out... Uh, which one would win uh we we try to have as much fun with the show as we can and as i said we will be doing a live panel sunday 4 p.m in the classics track room at dragon con it's going to be very interactive uh we've got some i don't want to say games but like i said very interactive stuff planned that if you are a gi joe fan brush up on your knowledge Get some, get some stuff in your head, some favorites, some things that you want to share, some things that maybe uh, characters, figures. Refresh yourself on your G.I. Joe. Uh, or if you don't need to refresh on G.I. Joe and you're just that big a fan, then just show up and be prepared to interact. We are going to have an awesome time. Uh, so right now, as uh, sort of a little get-to-know-you type thing, uh, listen to me and Christian and Noel talking about Dragon Con. (laughs) 
Joining me tonight are my fellow hosts of Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast, Mr. Christian Allen. Hello, hello. And no wood. Hey, how you doing? I have no script. I have no notes. I have nothing whatsoever prepared except for a big purple skull full of Elijah Craig. We're just going to talk about Dragon Con, whatever occurs to us. Uh, so I guess how we're going to start is we did not get to Dragon Con last year. We lost that magic from our lives. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you honestly, for me, it was, it was tough. Uh, I don't hunt. I don't fish. I don't play golf. I don't do any of that stuff. I go to Dragon Con. That's my, my one time a year that I go do my thing for me. Uh, and it was, it, it, it had a, an impact on my psyche, not getting that release last year. Uh, how did you guys handle that? It was rough. Oh, we we wound up, you know, doing a, a weekend in a cabin up uh, up on Lake Lanier and just kind of getting away and just trying to forget about the fact that we were losing something. That's, I mean, you know, my wife's been going for about eight nine years. I've been going for twenty. You know, so it's it's much harder for me because it's like that's been a, that's been a constant for me. And the thing that I look forward to, like I get I get post Dragon Con depression before Dragon Con because I just know that yeah. it's going to happen and it's going to be over before I know it. So and and yeah, so last year knowing it wasn't going to happen at all and I was going to miss out on something that's been that important to me for so long for half my life or if not more at this point is is just you know, was it was was just really depressing. Yeah, so from I feel like the average person, the year goes from January to December, and I have always explained to my coworkers and bosses, my year goes from September to September. <laughs> Dragon Con is my recharge, and and that's when my year starts. And um, I guess I missed it. I was lucky enough. A few of my friends did the, they bought the virtual yeah. Dragon Con package. Um, and there were a lot of uh, Atlanta people that I follow on Instagram that were dressing up and then still going to the hotels to take photos. So was I sad? Yeah. But the creativity that was coming out from people going yeah we may not be able to have dragon but look we're going to keep the spirit going it it made me it made me smile during the weekend like every time I, my friends about the virtual were were sharing it you know like oh my gosh we just watched you know this interview in this panel and they're showing all these old clips like it, it i didn't get the depression thankfully it, it felt more like like we've been kicked but we're not down and we're going to come back even better than before. It, it made me happy for everyone else that the virtual dragon con was happening. And I think it's, it's incredibly admirable that they pulled that off. Uh, I even did a couple of panels for it, but I watched a little bit of dragon con TV. 
and started to watch one panel. And, and for me, it just, it bummed, I'll be honest, it bummed me out even more. Uh, I, yeah. I just, to know what I was missing in that live interaction, I, it, for, for me personally, it, it didn't, it, it didn't work. Yeah. It, it, I did watch some of the panels. I wound up actually after a while, just turning off panels and just like, I'm going to watch some Star Trek movies and put together some puzzles and drink some alcohol and just try to like immerse myself into some sort of kind of like geeky fun weekend without, because yeah, because it just wasn't the same. I was watching, I was watching a panel on something, but I just felt, it felt so disconnected. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, I think it's awesome that they did it. And I love that for some people it gave them that fulfillment. But for me, uh, I just, I, I couldn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the way to go for me. Uh, but this year we get to go back. We get to be live. We get to interact with people. And by the way, for the listeners, there will be an audible interlude panel as part of the dragon con American sci-fi classics track. Uh, we don't know what we're doing yet, but we got to work on that. We'll figure <laughs> something out and it'll be entertaining. It'll be great. Uh, I am the big damn game show is back. We will be in full effect, having a great time there. I'm, I'm so excited, but uh, more so than talking about how awesome this year is going to be. I want to talk about kind of dragon cons past uh, and just what dragon con means. Uh, I recently was on the clown is down podcast uh, hosted by our friends, Pete and Keith. I love that podcast. If you haven't checked it out, you should add it to your list, put it on Spotify. Clown is down. Uh, we talked a little bit about dragon con. And one of the things that came up was what was your first dragon con and your earliest dragon con memory? Uh, for me, I don't honestly know what my first dragon con was. All I remember is that my mom dropped me and my friend Dan off at wherever dragon con was we had been to what what was one of the conventions that led like combined to become fantasy atlanta fa atlanta fantasy fair was the atlanta the, fantasy fair was the big at the, one at the Castlegate hotel we went to that one year and then we went to a dragon con in 93 or 94 when did dragon con start do we know uh the 25th was was it 1990 was the first dragon con it wasn't okay so it, it's, a, it's about 30 years ago so my mom dropped us off and we didn't know anything we didn't know about panels we didn't know about guests but we knew that there was uh this room where you could go buy doctor who shit <laughs> and doctor who since I was seven years old was one of my biggest obsessions. And as a kid in America in the eighties, there's no doctor who figures or t-shirts or anything. The only way you can get doctor who merchandise in America when you're a kid in the eighties is by watching the PBS marathons where they're trying to earn money and you can maybe get a doctor who tote bag. Like, that's all we got, people. So I remember going to the dealer room in, it had to be 92, 93, 94. I, I'm not positive which. Um, 
and that's we just went and we wandered around and i got like i think i got a doctor who poster and some miniatures because i used to be big into painting miniatures uh and to, to us just that dealer room was nirvana because at the time in atlanta you had uh like titan games and comics that was my comic shop back in the day and then sword of the phoenix which was a gaming store in Linux Mall and Perimeter Mall, although the Linux one is the one that I was able to talk my mom into taking me to from time to time. But that was it. Like, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have eBay. We didn't have the ability to just order stuff online. So all of the weirder nerd stuff that you were into, whether it was Dungeons and Dragons or Doctor Who or Red Dwarf or whatever, like, you just couldn't get your hands on that merchandise back then. So the dealer's room was my first big dragon con experience that i remember when i was in high school uh what about you guys i'll let no go first well i i don't remember when my first dragon con was i do know that in high school it was either it was probably 91 i wound up going to atlanta fantasy fair was my first convention um and you know, I was like, "All right, this is this is fun." I was with my high school buddies. We were getting drunk when we were too young to get drunk, and oh that sort no, of thing. oh yeah, ninety-one. So oh, wait, yeah. you were like fifteen was, or sixteen? I was sixteen. It was either ninety-one or ninety-two, but it was it you was a miscreant. Long... Oh yeah, I was I was getting into some stuff back then. I was uh, not. I was <laughs> I was a good kid. I wound up just with like with friends. We'd wander into, and again, I don't remember at this point in time because lo- I just was looking up. Fantasy Fair lasted till ninety-five. Oh uh, wow! Dragon Con okay. started in eighty-seven. So, but Dragon Con, I don't know. Okay, what we were so they were separate about. for a long time. Yeah, and I don't remember even Dragon Con existing until the the early nineties. And I think that we kind of ran them together in my head. And I remember like thinking about going down there with my homemade Tuscan Raider costume at one point in time. And it was, that was terrible back in the late nineties. Um, but, you know, I only got down there a couple times. Then it was probably 2001 or so just on a random Saturday afternoon. Um, Pete of clown of down fame and, and uh, my friend Jay, uh, Jay, of course, belligerent monkey. And I just kind of decided let's go down there. And I hadn't been down in a couple of years. And I just kind of had forgotten and it had gotten a little bit bigger at that point in time. And I'm down there and all of a sudden, like I'm seeing all these great costumes and I'm seeing and actually GI Joe costumes really for the first time in my life. And I remember running over to one of the gift shops, gift shops of the Hyatt and buying a disposable camera because I didn't have one with me. And I was like, I have to chronicle some of this Believe from my it or website. Not, at the time we didn't all have cameras right. in our pocket. Yeah, That's right. So I went and I, I, got a camera and I took a bunch of pictures and I wound up putting it up on my website, which is now of course, dorkdroppings.com um, and did a dragon cut article. And that became kind of an annual thing for me, but we started going every year and it got to the point where we were like, all right, well, we're going, we're going Saturday afternoon. We're going to go home, take a nap, come back and get really crazy on Saturday night. And it was like, well, maybe let's go down on Friday night and, and, and then go back on Saturday and then go back on Saturday night. And within two or three years, it was like, we're going for the whole weekend. And then we're getting a hotel. So it, it got more and more to the point where and, we and were just fully immersed in it. Now I'm down there on Wednesday uh, and oh I'm leaving gosh. on Monday. 
I can't, mm-hmm. I couldn't do Wednesday. I'm, I'm down there on Thursday now, but that's, it's funny how that works. It's a progression. Now mine didn't start until later. Um, I, the, the current Mrs. West, uh, we met in 2004 and the 2004 dragon con was the first one that I went to since whatever that nineties one was the, the 90, I, I'm going to say it was probably 93 or 94. Uh, so 2004 was the first one that I kind of went back to and discovered that there was something there and something that I was interested in. Uh, but it wasn't until 2007 that I really, I, I, I would say I've been going every year since 2007. 2005 and 2006 are maybes. I, I think we went down there for like a day, but 2007 was when I got really invested and 2008 was when I started staying down there for the weekend in a hotel room. Um, but it is like you said, you go down and you're like, Oh, this is really fun. Oh, what happens at night? Oh, I want to see this show. Oh, well, what's going on now? And then it just builds and builds to where you realize like, this is, this is like Disney world. When I go here, I'm separate from the day-to-day realities of life. I'm able to create this different world or, or all of these people around me are able to create this different world where I can immerse myself. I can be who I am. I can pursue the interests that I really have. And for, in your case, Wednesday, I can't do Wednesday. It's too much. To be fair, Wednesday is the get checked into our hotel, uh, have, have a nice quiet dinner with some friends and just, you know, have a nice day of vacation before Dragon Con starts. It, it really helps to have that buffer day before the actual con stuff starts. And that's, I, I'm mm-hmm. at the point now, and for the last eh, probably five or six years, I get down there Thursday morning as early as I can. Uh, and then it's go time from Thursday morning until I, the last couple of years, I have left at Monday at like six in the morning. Because I don't even sleep Sunday night. Uh, I have been, I don't know how free I am to mention this. There's a party that I DJ Sunday night every year now. Uh, And once that party is over, I go to my room, I pack up, I put everything in the car, and I go home. So Sunday night, I don't even sleep. I just, (laughs) it's, it's because typically that party ends at like four or five in the morning. And let me just tell you right now, four or five in the morning on Sunday or on Monday is a great time to be using elevators. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to wait until later in the day. No. Well, unless you stay where I stay, when you don't have to worry about elevators you at all. Well, I don't want to get specific, but you and your magic <laughs> elevator, nobody uses for some reason. Well, it's because there's not many rooms on the, right, in the tower. Right, right. There's and like I just 12 tell people, rooms. I'm, go, I'm going to go, go to my room. I'll be back in five minutes. They're like, what? And I'll get yeah, back in No, three. you're not. I'll be five back in minutes three. in an elevator <laughs> at Dragon Con? Bullshit. It's actually, <laughs> because honestly, we considered, uh, we have some friends that are, 
subletting their rooms. They're they're letting other people stay there, you know, or they're just skipping this year and losing their legacies. Uh, losing that specific legacy was the number one reason why I was like, oh, we're not, we can't miss Dragon Con this year, even if there is, we're still a little concerned about, you know, Delta variants and that sort of thing. You know, maybe we won't participate as much as we normally do, but we're going to go down there and we're going to spend the money on that hotel so we right. can have that hotel next year. And and that's yep. what I'm prepared this year. You know, I'll we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I'm I'm sure alcohol will play a part in my decision making, but <laughs> as it always does at Dragon Con, right? Absolutely, I'm ready to go down there and. I'm going to do, because I've got, I'm already, I'm scheduled for panels for the horror track, for the classics track. We're doing the game show. Um, we're doing an audible interlude panel. Uh, I'm ready, if if I, depending on how I feel, to just do my panels and go to my room. If, if that's what I'm comfortable with. I don't know how I'm going to feel once I get down there. Now, I will admit, chances are, the party... The rhythm is going to get me <laughs> and I'm going to be out. I'm going to be crazy. I'm going to be having fun. And I hope that we are far enough past the seriousness of this horrible thing that's overtaken the United States for the past year uh, that I won't be in a whole lot of danger, but you have to weigh because for me, psychologically not going to Dragon Con was damaging. It really, really was. Uh, you know, I I work my day job that I work because I'm responsible and I'm an adult and I have a family to support. And I go to that day job and I do what I got to do. And Dragon Con and this podcast and the stuff I do on YouTube is what keeps me sane. And I missed out on uh, you know, Dragon Con. I would give it a big 60% chunk of that sanity for, for oh, yeah. being a release for being uh, where I get to be me uh, and not having that last year was, was damaging to me. And I'm seeing that. Uh, so I've, I've used the description before in the past because with as long as I've been going to Dragon Con and I'm sure as long as you guys have been going to Dragon Con, you have friends that fall in and out of, of favor with Dragon Con. Right, where it's, right. it's not the same for them. And I have had very rough times in the real world where I feel, you know, I'm going, I'm excited to go because it's Dragon Con, but I don't know if it's going to be the same experience. And yet Dragon Con finds a way to always give me exactly yes. what I need when I'm there, where yes. all of a sudden everything that happened, the, the entire world outside of those blocks of Atlanta, it, that all just melts away. Doesn't and, matter. And, and I am like, Oh my gosh, why, why was I feeling the way that I was before I, I yeah. got here? Why did I think that oh, a, yeah, I'm just going to be holed up in my room and, and I'll go to some panels and see, no, it dragon con. I don't know. It just takes care of you. There's a certain joy in just going, even if you don't, really feel like being around people or, or you just don't want to be involved in partying or panels or whatever. There's a certain joy in just going up to like one of the floors on the Marriott or the Hyatt in the atrium and just standing over there and just looking down and mm -hmm. just seeing what's happening and just knowing that this is a thing that is just 
brings so much joy to everybody's life and you're just you're just part of it and i could sit i mean i've I've sat there and just watch people for an hour at a time by myself just because i'm just enjoying being part of that experience being being in an environment of pure joy is it's like a drug really because you go down and all of these people in costumes and <clears throat> everybody is there because they want to be there. There's just, there's nothing like that feeling. I don't care about, you know, people talk about like, Oh, there are just too many people there now. It's so crammed. It's, it's so what, and, and I like, I get that, but at the same time, yeah, but all those people crammed together are are joyous and partying and having fun, and we're all there because we want to be there. Nobody's nobody's at Dragon Con because they have to be there. Nobody's there because they're like, oh, it's time to go to Dragon Con. I gotta <laughs> earn the living or whatever. It's you. It's, you mentioned the the people in costumes. Uh, my group of friends, we we always have this text that we we send out because all of us, none of us live in Atlanta, save for just a couple, right? So we are spread out throughout the whole United States, and we all leave on Tuesday because we need that decompression oh my day. Gosh. Um, but the when the first group, whoever it is that leaves, whenever you have to stop somewhere to eat. That, that first person that sends the text saying, I'm, I'm sitting at, you know, McDonald's or wherever, there's not a single stormtrooper eating. <laughs> it just, you know, like, oh, like no. there's just things that you take for granted during Dragon Con where you're yeah. like, this is so normal. And then when the real world starts to encroach back in and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm at a concert and I, I don't see people in furry costumes or stormtroopers <laughs> or you know like no one is shouting from the rooftops so say we all yeah like, yeah yeah, it, yeah. It, well it, and it, i oh go ahead no 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 go ahead no, i was gonna say I, I i i worked at peachtree center for like 10 years so i was down there year round in marriott marquee tower one so one of the two buildings that are adjacent or actually just in the same block as the Marriott. And so I'm down there on Monday and Tuesday before I take off the rest of the week to go to Dragon Con. And I'm watching as they're all coming in and I'm like, all right, let's see. We start asking ourselves, how many are we going to see on Monday? How many, how many, how many, like who, when are we going to see our first stormtrooper? Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> and it was usually like Tuesday. You'd see your first stormtrooper walking around. And then it was like, after the con is over, I'm going back to work. Usually the five, I'd usually take that Tuesday off, but by that same Wednesday, I'm still seeing people sitting in the, in the, in the, um, the, uh, the food court, uh, sometimes still in costumes, but even if they're not, you know, that they're there for dragon con. And a lot of them will still be there for three or four more days after the con ends, because, mm -hmm it's just that much of an experience and people just want to be you know, still immersed in it as long as they physically can. I, um, I have found because I started doing panels in 2012. That was my very first panel, uh, for the dragon con American sci-fi classics track. Uh, I did a panel about 1982, 
uh, which it's crazy to me to think <laughs> that next year we will potentially be doing another 1982 panel. But that's in, in 2012, I started doing panels. Uh, and, and within a couple of years, I was building my Dragon Con schedule around the panels that I was doing. And I have found in, in the last few years that what has alleviated that post-DragonCon depression that you mentioned earlier, Noel, is keeping myself just busy enough that I'm ready for DragonCon to be over when it's over. And it's a tough balance to achieve because I had one year where I way overbooked myself and I was actually... I wasn't miserable because there's no such thing as miserable at Dragon Con. I could be doing a panel every hour that I'm down there and it would still be better than my day job. But the balance of doing panels and partying, I feel like over the last couple of years, I've struck really well because when that Monday morning comes around, uh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm I've, I feel like I've done my job, but I've also gotten my, my rest in. I, I it's, it's, that's what saved me, honestly, because there were, there were some years where that post dragon con depression was just bleak Yeah, where Tuesday hits. And I, I really just, can barely deal with the idea of going back to the real world. But now I, I managed to between the classics track and the horror track and the game show and the, and I, you know, I've said this a lot of times and I'll say it again. Now, if, if I had a day job that I loved as much as I loved the stuff that I do for dragon con, I would be the best employee anybody had ever seen. I, I love this podcasting. I love planning for panels. I love talking about horror movies and comic books and toys and all this other stuff. And the energy that I find that I have to put into podcast or panels or what have you is infinite. I would never run out of that kind of energy. And if that was my paying day job, I could do it forever. I would be a, a perpetual motion machine. <clears throat> but to combine that with Dragon Con, with the partying, I find that I've, I've really hit a level where when I go home on Monday morning, I feel good. I know that I've accomplished everything that I can possibly accomplish and that while I would love to live that way always, I've gotten as much out as I can over that weekend. So flip side of what you were just saying. Um, so aware of Dragon Con back in the 90s, but did not go. I was still living in Kentucky at the time. Um, Kentucky, the birthplace of bourbon. Exactly. Uh, so after I had moved to Florida... I got involved in the convention scene down here 
And at what I consider the high point, um, there were so many conventions that I was working, being hooked up with the uh, anime gaijin folks that put on AFO and being on the ground floor of Wasabi anime, like we not only put on our conventions, but we created content for other conventions. And it, it, Florida has a convention almost every weekend yeah, at yeah. one point in the late 90s, early 2000s. So when that first year that our group finally came to Dragon Con, we, we did a fan table to be able to promote the stuff that we do down in Florida. And I remember when that Dragon Con was over with, you know, I think we each had to work, you know, an hour, a couple of hours each day of the convention. Um, but I said, you know what? I work producing content for so many conventions. I'm not going to do that for Dragon Con. If this is the direction we're going to go, I want to bow out at least for the Dragon Con because Dragon Con is going to be my go experience. Yeah, yeah. Have fun. Yep. And I think that's partially why Dragon Con became my recharge because there was no work involved. Now, over the years, I have made friends with people that produce content for Dragon Con. And I absolutely will lend a hand with an install or a strike or, or whatever they need. But I don't see that as work. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. anymore. Yes. Whereas yes. I feel like if, if it, I had done that when I first started going, my Dragon Con experience might have been very different because I, yeah. I did eventually reach a burnout with all the conventions in Florida to where I had said, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to go to the conventions that are my, I go to these for fun. Um, and that's, this is going to be the first, our, our audible interlude is going to be the first panel that I've done since 2012. And I cannot express how <laughs> excited I am at this prospect of, of doing that. Well, and you know, it's funny that you bring that up because uh, Dragon Con, you know, I'm I'm very selective about what I give myself to. At this point in my life, being 45 years old, thinking of myself as, you know, I'll I'll be honest and I'll I'll brag on myself a little bit or whatever. I think of myself as somewhat of an entertainment commodity. Uh, because if I'm at your wrestling show, if I'm at your panel, if I'm at your podcast, I'm entertaining people. Uh, I know for a fact that I have entertainment value, but at dragon con, I will, if I'm hanging out with the puppetry track and they have a panel coming up and I need to go move chairs around to get set, I will do it. If, mm -hmm. if somebody needs me to set up tables, if somebody needs me to do work at dragon con, I do it because the value to me of providing fun and entertainment and escape for other people is so high 
and gives me such personal satisfaction that I don't think of it as work. I think of it as, I don't know, it fulfills me. I, I like doing a panel at Dragon Con for me is not work. It's, it's fulfillment. It's purpose. It's knowing that people are, because look, at Dragon Con, our time is valuable. Because we only have, you know, in my case, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's all the time that I have. And if I'm giving my time to something, it means something. So anybody that's going to a panel at Dragon Con is giving us their time. And there's nothing more valuable than that. Like money comes and goes. I'll earn more money tomorrow. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But your time means everything everything and i will say oh go ahead no no please go ahead i was gonna say like even with when i'm gonna most of the time when i'm at a convention uh the last year and a half notwithstanding uh i'm there to work because i'm normally attending conventions representing the finest setting yes. up a booth uh raising that money i might spend some time out on the floor i might spend some time after the after the, the sure, convention sure. hall closes and, and hang out with my friends but the reason why i'm at that convention is to work when i'm at dragon con when the finest is at dragon con we don't set up a booth there that's right. the one convention that we have a large number of people that turn out that we just don't do that because it's just not just not what we want to do the members of the finest pretty much in general just want to go and we're not really necessarily representing the finest we're doing stuff we're doing the parade we're getting together doing photoshop photo shoots but we're doing that with other non-member costume uh like people in gi joe but costumes. at the same time you are representing because we're all aware of the finest being at dragon con you're getting the name out there. So even though for you, it's a break, it's recharging, it's having fun, you're still representing something that you're passionate about. Because if somebody comes up to you and you're in costume as airtight, you're going to tell them about the finest. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that, you know. Yeah, and, so, and listen, the difference, and I know Dragon Con has grown over the years since we've been going there. A little bit. But there is such a huge difference between the mentality of Dragon Con attendees when I first started going versus Florida. Because I know, obviously not knowing of the finest whenever I first started going to Dragon Con, and we would meet up with all the other G.I. Joe costumers on the, on the lobby level of the Marriott, and when you saw the person with the back costume, you could have conversations with them about how they built it, where they got pieces. This is who you need to talk to. Oh, come here. Let me introduce you to that person. That stuff didn't happen in Florida. Yep. Florida was very, very much uh, uh, this is proprietary. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Really? Yeah. It, it, it very much was a let me let me showcase my costume. Well, I'm not going to talk to you about it because I don't want you to show up at a convention with it. Oh, Whereas at Dragon Con, at Dragon Con, it was, I mean, like my, my photography hobby grew because of Dragon Con, because the photographers at that convention 
would share with me their tips and tricks when I wouldn't be in costume, but I'd be like photographing my friends. That was not stuff that happened down here. Like, like it's not only fun, but to me, there's also always, I always come back from dragon having learned I'm always curious about these hobbies that we love. I'm always curious because, you know, you come up from Florida every year. Um, you know, for Dave and I, it's really easy. We could, when in our earlier years, we could just be like, Hey, I'm bored this afternoon. I'm going to go down to dragon con for a little while. We, we could, we could dip our feet into it without really committing anything. Yeah. To it. Yeah. And that's the way most of my friends who attend and live locally really started experiencing it. And so I'm always curious when I, you know, when I'm talking to people who can, who've been coming in from, you know, from another state, some people who fly in from other countries, especially like, you know, I've got friends who fly in from, I got a friend who flies in from Hawaii and brings like 15 costumes. So that blows my mind because to me, we loaded up in our Nissan rogue. We drive it down to the convention. We take our rogue home and we Uber back. So like, <laughs> I can't imagine even trying to travel with all that stuff. And I, I, oh, I, it's, it's not like this anymore because our, obviously people have gotten married, moved away, whatever, whatever. But the, or my Orlando group, those first, Gosh, I think four or five years, uh, we actually did a caravan. If if you could have seen it, it I'm sure it was a sight. Um, <laughs> great big convoy, uh, but yeah, there we had cars. There was probably like ten of us, and and everybody just packed everything into whatever space was available in whoever whose ever car. We met at a specific couple's house at 10 p.m. on Wednesday night. Oh, wow. And by, we would wait for everybody to get there. And by, let's say, 1 a.m., we were getting on the road and and drive overnight. And we had very specific stops Whoa. that we would do so that you would not look, because 10 cars how many people, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we had very specific stops along the way. Um, and then we would make it to Atlanta usually by seven, 8 AM grab breakfast, check into the hotel crash. Seven, Is 8 AM on, on what day? Thursday. Thursday. We would drive oh. overnight to get in by Thursday morning. Wow. And, uh, and, it, to me, that just built on the experience, you know, like, like it's four o'clock in the morning and here are 10 cars, you know, pulling into this rest stop. So everybody can have a bathroom break or get a soda, you know, and it's just like, okay, everybody ready? Let's go. Like, it, I don't know. It, it, when I hear of people that like fly to the convention, I'm like, what you're, you're missing this great experience. Like when, <laughs> even now, when I have had to go to Atlanta for work, when I get to that point where I see that downtown skyline, where the Marriott and the Hilton and all that is, I get goosebumps. Oh, I do, I do too. Just driving in from the suburbs, I get giddy. 
when I get down to that area and I know that I'm close and I get off on the exit um, and then you make a left turn onto what is that road that goes in front of the Hilton? Cortland. Is it Moreland? Yeah, Moreland. Cor- no, Cortland. Cortland is the Cortland. one. Yeah. That's it, Cortland. When I make that left onto Cortland and I drive in front of the Hilton, oh, I, I just get goosebumps even thinking about it. That just knowing that it's that time I'm I'm going in. I guess, I guess I was a little numb to it because again I drove down there every day for ten years. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, <laughs> and, so, and to me so. it was it was going to work, which but I had a lot of fun with that because I'd be like, hey, by the way, let me let me show you a secret pathway to get to where you're going. Let me show mm-hmm. you before everybody figure out there was a secret food court. Let me show you where the other food court is over here that you could still go to on Fridays. Dude, I didn't even find out about the secret food court <laughs> until like two years ago. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which, by the way, the secret food court is kind of bullshit because all the restaurants in there are terrible. What? <laughs> they used, they used to be a lot better. It's like a- Ted's Burrito House, <laughs> Phil's Steak Place. Like, there's nothing in there. <laughs> Actually, food you want to was a decent salad place. Some of us. I okay. This is a great. This it's not really a segue because it's not like I had notes or anything. But this is a great point. Where do you guys eat? The I, Indian place. I personally, my which two, one? My two. Here are my spots that I hit. Um, the is it the farmer's basket? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm farmer's basket in the peach tree center because nobody fucking goes there well it depends, to- it depends on the convention because there were some conventions where that one had a line going around the building really well, yeah dra- okay dragon con <laughs> in general i go to farmer's basket nobody's well it's not nobody's there but i can get in and out pretty quickly yep. i get the chicken i get the rice i get some vegetables and like good to go apple okay here's the here's a tip here's a tip Anybody that does panels, especially if you do a lot of panels, your voice fucking goes out at some point over the weekend. For me, uh, when I was doing Dragon Con Wrestling Thursday night, something all day Friday, the game show Saturday, my voice is going to go out at some point. Apple juice, 50% apple juice, 50% water is the solution to help your throat. (laughs) Um, you know what's missing from that? The vodka. I was gonna say no, rum. No, no <laughs> liquor. No liquor what? to Whis- heal your voice. Whiskey. No, stop it. Half water, half apple juice, and you can go to Farmer's Basket and get their grilled chicken, get the fried okra, um, get some greens, and then they have apple juice that you can get that'll that'll fix your shit up. Um. I also, one time per Dragon Con, I go to Checkers. I get two big Bufords and a large order of fries. And that's all the Checkers I eat for the entire year. But Checkers (laughs) usually, like, they have a line. Yeah. They're so fucking fast that it's not a big deal. Hmm. And then my other restaurant is, oh gosh, what's it called? It's a Chinese place. It's not on the grounds, but it's like really close to Cortland. Um, 
Oh shit! I can't. Oh, is it the place? Uh, is it Sue's? Sue's. Yeah, we go it's to Sue's. Yeah, usually Saturday night. That's the big reservation. It, night well, for and Suze. it used to be before we started doing the game show, and then we yeah. started doing the game show, and now we can't get to Sue's. Sue's, great. Uh, we have a fun time there, and they have a beverage called the Forbidden Mai Tai. <laughs> Excellent beverage. Highly recommended. Those are my three kind of main restaurant hits do you guys have any places that you prefer i always go for breakfast at cafe momo because again working at peachtree center that's where i got breakfast every morning because it's by weight and so i would go and grab some you know bacon and eggs and potatoes for the wife and i and bring it back up to the room uh so i'll use that for breakfast a couple days a week uh you mentioned the indian place was it haveli down around the corner, or are you talking about one in the food court? I'm talking about one in the food court. The I, I mean, I it's well, there, probably there was not really Indian, it, but it's where you, it's like the falafel shawarma place where I can go. There's rarely ever a line. You can get chicken, you can get vegetables, mm-hmm. and uh, there there used to be an Indian place in the food court that I went to like three days a week when I worked down there and it went out of business a few years ago and it got replaced by a terrible place, but there's still Haveli, which is down around the corner. It's down over by the cancer society, a block over like it's over by the um, America's Mart buildings and they have, and they have a buffet and it's like, they probably jack it up to like $15 during dragon con, but it's still like, it's, it's a really good place to get away for a meal. And it's usually pretty. And and I realize I'm revealing secrets on a podcast (laughs) that people might listen to and then go to dragon con and take advantage of, but you can usually get over there and it's not that bad because again, I knew some spots around there. I'll kind of go off the beaten path. And if anybody ever wants to have a little bit of adventure, you walk a few blocks over, you cross the park and there's a really amazing Korean deli um, called Kwan's Deli. And they have sandwiches and salads and typical deli food. But they also have like traditional Korean like bibimbaps and bulgogis and stuff like that. And it's excellent. Uh, again, a place I used to go all the time when I ate down there on a regular basis. But I'll usually try to sneak myself away and get down there at least one day during Dragon Con too. Christian, any, uh, any food places you prefer? Yeah, I mean that. So the shawarma place is where I pretty much eat every day, just because I can get non-fried food there. Yeah. Um, but then with my group of friends, uh, we always go to. It's I can't remember. And <laughs> it's so weird. The stuff off property. I don't ever remember the names. It's kind of like you just know, like oh, it's a few blocks down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's like a brewery place just oh, yes. right down. We always go there Monday night um, just as our like final dinner. Uh, three years ago, I think it was, um, my friend Dr. Jeff discovered this chicken, this fried chicken place um, that is right in the midst of it. It's not in the food court, but it's like, you know, there's the tunnel you can take that leads to the food court oh, yeah. mall. Like right, if you were right, down yeah. on the street, yeah. it's outside there. It always, Guts. it has a line, but... Gus's fried chicken. Yes! They're, they're, Across from the Benihana. It is so good. I mean, and obviously like, you know, the 24-hour uh, bakery used to be a thing, but it is a thing for everybody now. Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of like you go in and you're like, 
Mm, I'm not gonna wait an hour. Well, that's like food. that's like the uh, the Metro Diner. What is the that's, diner? Yeah, that's Cafe what, diner, the Metro yeah. Cafe. Yeah. We all we always end up in there one night at at four. I try not to. So, <laughs> I, 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 and look, I get it, but I, I whoever I'm hanging out with, we usually end up there at some point. And with a decade of staying at the Hilt or at the Hyatt. I still somehow always forget that there's a con suite until like the day before the end of the right? con. Oh, I don't, I don't, I never knew about the con suite until there was one year, uh, some costume friends from Texas came and I mean, they wouldn't have made it the weekend without the con suite. And, and, <laughs> but I appreciated the fact that Dragon Con had that. And so I went with them once in there and I was just like, wow, unfortunately, and this is going to sound weird when you look at how crowded the rest of the convention is. But I was like, unfortunately, my level of anxiety with this many people in a confined space. I, yes. I gotta, I, I yes. can't be in this room with you guys I, but <laughs> the food and drinks and everything that they had there for everybody i was like that not at least the conventions that that i've been to not a lot of cons do that i totally understand what you're saying because i can be in in the spot in the marriott shoulder to shoulder crammed up with tons and tons of people and be fine but if I get into that con suite and there are more than like 12 people in there, I'm like, get me out of here. This is too much. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't understand the difference, but there is a difference. I, I need to know that there, well, that there's a beeline. If I need, if I need to leave. Yeah. At least shoulder to shoulder out in the lobby area, I can still move. And well, sometimes and that con suite. When I go to the con suite, uh, it's almost always dead, which is why I'm, but I'm always uh, surprised when people have that because I, again, I'm going at very off peak hours, usually wandering <laughs> in there at two in the morning or, you know, well, just, and oh yeah, it's right here. Let me go ahead and stop in. There's also the fact that the con suite is on this weird level of the Hyatt that feels oddly isolated from everything else. There's a reason. Cause that is the floor that actually, without giving too much away, that is the floor that that uh, my group always oh, stays on. Okay, it's also, it's yeah, also so where those... you get your weapons piece bonded. It's where there's like a bunch of stuff that's over there that's like official oh, con stuff. Really? There. Okay, interesting. Yeah, those those are very specific rooms that not everybody can get to. Uh, most of the rooms on the second floor are the handicap accessible right, right. and then suites kind of like the con suite so it is weird because it you don't usually out outside the con suite room you see a lot of people hanging out yeah, yeah. you don't have that on the rest of the floor um which is one of the things i like it tends to be a quiet floor if you're not right there by the con suite so we got to start wrapping things up uh we got a couple more subjects I want to talk about before we go. One, since we are Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast, I want to talk about our biggest G.I. Joe-oriented memories from DragonCon. Noel, 
have you have you got anything that springs to mind GI Joe related? So I'm going to cheat. And I'm going to do it too, but that's only because that's one fair. of them. One of them relates to really what got me going back in doing Dragon Con every year, and even getting into the idea of wearing a costume was when I was when I first met GI Joe costumers like 20 years ago. Um, and that's really one of the things that got me in the motion of like, I'm going to do this. I might even look into a costume one. Cause I've seen people wear costumes and I was like, I never want to do that with G.I. Joe. It was different because it was like, this is realistic, but it's also cartoonish. And I feel like these people aren't quite as pretentious as the, the, the star Wars people and the other, the other groups. But I would say probably what the, the first panel I ever did in 2013 was a G.I. Joe panel for the American Sci-Fi Classics track. That was what got me into doing panels for the first time. So that was a whole lot of fun. Um, it was what you, me, Gary Mitchell, and Bobby Nash, I think. Yeah, that's right. on that one. And three of us showed up in cold slither shirts. Right. Yeah. And, and afterwards <laughs> we got the pictures where we're all like on our knees. Which yeah. and one of those guys, the guy who was mutton that is my friend Rick slash Eric, the one who's going to be doing Sergeant Slaughter oh, at the big damn game show this year. Yes. So yeah, so that's Spo- all time. Spoiler. Oh, did I? No, that's okay. That's you can, you can edit can that out that if you need that's, to. It's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean that was because that was like a whole new adventure for me. I was like, I couldn't it's like oh, I, I could never get up on there and do a panel that was yet another one of those levels of escalation like yeah, right, a right, costume right. for the first time doing a parade for the first time yeah and then doing a panel for the first time christian so far and above uh the year that night of the museum came out uh <laughs> if you remember if you remember correctly uh, there's the part with the the famous uh, photo of the Navy soldier kissing the nurse. Sure. Yes, yes. Uh, so, of course, I was running around a shipwreck, uh, drunk as shipwreck would be, and I saw this night at the museum group. I saw them, and I went up to the very nice lady and her husband, and I said, I, I have to get this photo. I, I want to recreate it, but I need you, sir, to be on the other side of me looking at it like, wait a minute, what's going on? And I said, you know, because if you don't know shipwreck, I'm a womanizer. And so the wife was not into it, but the husband was. <laughs> and so when you look at the photo, it's a great photo. Uh, unfortunately, this was back when my, my friend that was with me it's a disposable camera photo. So all I have is just the scan of the, you know, five by seven photo. Right. Right. But the look on her face is of just pure annoyance and disgust. (laughs) And, and so that, that became my shipwreck, uh, shipwrecking marriages across the USA. (laughs) (laughs) Please. If you can, if you have access to that photo, please put that up on Instagram. I will dig and it we out. Will, we will share it on the Audible Interlude account. Uh, we need to see that. That's awesome. Uh, my my biggest one, I mean, I've, I've seen the finest and other G.I. Joe costuming groups makes me so happy. I love that people are dressing up as G.I. Joe characters. Uh, but for me in 2016, for the classics track, uh, we were again set up on a GI Joe panel. It was me and some other 
you know, panelists were just going to talk about GI Joe. And then a couple of weeks before the convention, Joe Crow, one of the directors of the classics track shoots me a message and is like, Hey, we're adding Larry Hama to the panel. I was on that panel. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what do you mean you're Listeners, adding? You can see the way Noel's face just lit up. Oh, no, I, I was Hama to the panel. I was, I didn't know because you were like, we're going to make this a Q and a. And I'm like, Oh God, I, I have a billion things I could ask Larry Hama. What do I ask him? <laughs> Dude, we're in, in the thing, you know, if I, and this is only five years ago and it seems an eternity ago, but how do you handle that? Because the rest of us should just leave. <laughs> Why are we even on this panel anymore when Larry Hama is on this panel, but he was, <laughs> he was gracious and he was kind and he was giving of information and I think we all did the best we could to make it about him. Um, but that was mind-blowing to be sitting next to this guy who is essentially one of my fathers. Like, he, he is a cornerstone of my youth and of my life. And we're sitting up there with this guy on a panel with him. Like, what are we doing up here? Yeah, I... And and what, so the end of that panel because I, I realized we're in a room full of like it's a captive audience. These are all GI Joe fans. Yes, and that's when we had just started doing our calendars for what was then Girls the Finest um, to raise money. At the time, we were doing Wounded Warrior. Or we were doing um, USO. One of the two. But actually, I think no. I think this is the first year we did Canons for Warriors because I remember saying, "Hey, before everybody leaves, I just want to let you guys know there's a great." Uh, a great thing we're doing if you want to support this and just thinking that would be the end of it and then Larry starts talking about it's like this is a great cause I hope you guys because I, he and he starts talking about the Canines for Warriors charity so he actually like took over and kind of helped me along and I was like Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, you just completely validated everything I just did. And if and if any of the listeners want to check this out, this is episode 127 of the Needless Things podcast. Uh, this is available. You can hear me and Noel being completely in awe of being on a panel with Larry Hama. You asked me, like, do you have a question for him? And I was like, I, I had things formulated in my head and I just couldn't make words come out. So I was like, come back <laughs> to me later. <laughs> what are we, like, what are we doing up here? Why is this man sitting next to us? This is crazy. <laughs> but that's Dragon Con. That really is, honestly, that sums up Dragon Con because it's, it's for the fans. It's for the creators. It's for everybody. And to a certain extent, we're all on equal footing there because mm -hmm. we all love every, anybody that's at Dragon Con is there because they love Dragon Con. Uh, yes, the guests are the guests and they're making whatever money they're making and they're getting their room or whatever. But whether it's Nathan Fillion or Larry Hama or, or anybody, Michael Rosenbaum, whoever, they're there because they want to be at Dragon Con. I don't know like, any other convention where where you are just hanging out at a lobby bar 
and the guest all of a sudden is next to you yes. to buy a drink. Yes. And as long as you're not weird about it, you can just talk about well, Dragon Con's unique because whatever. Dragon Con doesn't invite guests. Guests right. apply for Dragon Con. It's, Absolutely. Oh, that's it's true. A, it's yep. a lot different process than most others. So the people who are there are there because they actively yeah. want to be there. They want to be there, whether it's Joshua Gates or Grant Imahara or, or like I said, Nathan Fillion, uh, Kevin Sorbo, whoever, uh, Gil Gerard. They want to be at Dragon Con. And that's why you see they, so many of them participate in things too. Like you see, like Grant Imahara, you know, rest in peace, was he was hosting like the masquerade and the costume yes. contest and yes. doing stuff like on his own, that stuff that like, you know, you, you don't just do that for a gig. You do that because you are really having fun at this convention. So before we go, uh, we want to do one last sort of, not necessarily a favorite memory, but just something that springs to mind, something that to you encapsulates dragon con when you think back over your years of attending something that springs to mind of like man this was a great moment this was something that i loved uh is there anything that you've got specifically and i'll go ahead and throw it out there uh i've i've been fortunate enough to be on a number of panels uh, I've worked on the puppetry track, the classics track. Uh, I've, I've, I did a panel. I moderated a panel with Ric Flair and Sting. My gosh, are there two people who are more important to me celebrity-wise than that? I, I don't know. Just so many opportunities to do cool stuff if you put yourself out there. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm just to throw this out there. I was able to moderate a panel with the big red machine Kane from WWE. And it's not even so much doing the panel as the fact that he was so kind to me and so appreciative. Like it seemed to me that he was like, man, I like, thank you for taking time out of your dragon con schedule to moderate this panel for me. Like, he was just a really nice dude and we had a great panel. And again, you can listen to that. I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but it's one of the episode of the needless things podcast, the horror of Kane. Uh, just the fact that I got to meet Kane, who to me is one of the epitomes of WWE. He's a guy who's always done what he was asked to do and made the best of it. Uh, he's a stalwart of professional wrestling entertainment and the fact that he was just cool to me and appreciated that I was taking my time to do this panel for him. It's one of my most special dragon con memories. Like how nice Glenn Jacobs mayor Jacobs, how cool <laughs> this guy was to me. It's one of my favorite dragon con memories. Uh, Noel, have you got just sort of a, a moment where dragon con came together for you and was like man this this is what dragon con is to me i'm there's a there's a bunch of moments like this but i'm just thinking of the last time i was at dragon con two years ago in 2019 there was a moment and it was probably friday or saturday night where they were doing the the typical dance party they do down in the basement of the hilton and i'm down there and um i 
you may have even been down there at the time because I think that the cadavers were there and Oz was there and a few other oh, Beth yeah, yeah. Beth was there and we're just all dancing having a, having a good old time and a conga line of t- people and those silly inflatable T Rexes come through yes yes and just like the energy and just the joy and everybody that was in that crowd at that moment in time and I just kind of stood back and I was like this is dragon con like this is this is a bunch of people just having the time of their life they don't they just everything in their life that normally would cause them stress they're not worried about in the slightest at this very moment and this is something that they would probably a lot of people probably scoff at this in their normal regular life 360 other days of the year but they're just like yeah i mean look i think those I, I, I would hate it if I just saw one of those people walking down the street right now in one of those inflatable T-Rex costumes. But I see 20 of them in a row just dancing to to some techno song. The rhythm is going to get you or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was. It was it was just incredible. And it just was there's there's been 20 or 30 of those moments, I'm sure, in my in yeah. my experience. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that was like the most recent one where I just was like, this is it. This is why I come here. This is the magic. Christian? So, uh, with me, it's hard to pick just one, but if I had to say what really sticks out when I think this is what Dragon Con means to me, uh, going all the way back to to the first Dragon Con that I went to, when we saw in the con guide that on Saturday night, there was a party specifically for the LGBTQIA attendees of Dragon Con. The Dragon Con actually recognized that there are gay, sci-fi, geeky comic book fans out there and put out content and parties for them. So going to that party and seeing stormtroopers with big old gay bears dancing to jump around <laughs> me and my friends were just like this is unlike anything we've ever experienced and yet it feels like home and i that is something i always always think of whenever i think of dragon con uh it's still one of the only conventions that i go to that recognizes its lgbtqia attendees and that is an amazing amazing thing it it is inclusive for literally everyone and the important thing about that is that even if you're not active even if you don't actively think of yourself as an as an ally or whatever dragon con is a space where you see those things and you realize we're all the same we're all people who experience love and who want to have fun and are just we're all human and dragon con perpetuates that i I think in front of everything else that let's all just experience love and fun and i think that's why they embraced that so early on and why it's such a different experience from any other convention is that to them, those things aren't political. Those things are life. Those things are 
we need to embrace that. We need to make that inclusive and we need to make that just normal. That's Saturday night. That's Friday night. That's Thursday night. That's Sunday night. That's every minute of every day. We're all equal in our love for whatever. I, I think that really is the magic of Dragon Con. All right, you guys, we got to wrap it up. Before we go, you know we got to tell everybody where we can find you and what you're up to. Noel, please tell us about The Finest. Tell us where we can find you online. The Finest is an international G.I. Joe costuming can, uh, club that I mentioned a couple of times here on the podcast. Uh, while we, we raise money at all sorts of conventions, just typically not at Dragon Con. Because uh, so you're, you're at too a local busy convention, having fun. That's right. So you're at a local convention uh, and you see us out there. We are supporting Canines for Warriors, as I mentioned before. You can also find me at dorkdroppings.com, where there's many a write-up on Dragon Con from years past. And, of course, every month right here on... Uh, audible interlude christian that was so smooth i, I can't even <laughs> eat what <laughs> christian where can we find your awesome figure photography uh, you can find me on Flickr and on instagram under the name legion cub you guys, thank you so much for sitting down talking about Dragon Con. Uh, we have an Audible interlude panel for the very first time coming up live at this year's Dragon Con. It's going to be awesome. Please tune in. Uh, and of course, we've got to get, even though this is needless things and not Audible interlude, we've got to give the traditional Yo Joe. Cobra. And now we are in the outro. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. More to come of just reminiscing, having fun, uh, talking about Dragon Con and fellowship and dorkiness and the things that we've enjoyed over the years. Uh, just being part of this incredible uh, happening occurrence, gathering, convergence of dorkitude. Uh, next week, I'll go ahead and tell you, next week, Clown is down. Pete and Keith come back on the show because they are longtime Dragon Con veterans. Uh, and we, from a different perspective, share some Dragon Con memories. Now, I, th I think I might repeat myself on a couple of things. There's no telling you guys. Uh, but Pete and Keith offer fresh, different perspectives from anything that you've heard here on the Needless Things podcast before. Uh, I love the fact that these guys have a show now. If you have not checked out Clown is Down, it is a great podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and also, remember, get that Dragon Con app. It is downloaded for 2021. Get in there. You can narrow it down to Silk Road. You can check out everything that the Silk Road track is putting on, including the uh, contest to become a kaiju and destroy a city. Amazing. Or get these incredible original pieces of art. So get in that app, uh, follow Silk Road track on Twitter, and just get involved with Dragon Con. Or just go down there and enjoy some beverages, hang out, chill, and be glad that you're not at your day job. However you enjoy Dragon Con is what's best for you. Nobody can tell you how to do it. I love you guys. Smash 
the like button if you like needless things. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.